welcome everyone back to Telecom Radio One. And I am, I am probably going to change this radio show, uh, podcast, whatever we want to call it, to dissecting popular IT nerds permanently. That we're going to do that change today. We've got with us Sean Granger on the phone from uh, the public sector. Uh, public sector of IT. So, Sean, your official title, senior level public administrator with expertise in project management, IT solutions, and community partnerships. And we're going to talk a lot about data today. Uh, but before we got, before we, before we officially started recording here, we were talking about uh, PLs and line items on the PL and how uh, you don't have as much flexibility being in the public sector with your budget. It's kind of like what can I do with what I've been given? Uh, because it's, it's, I mean, I guess it's essentially government. So you really, you, people are, are slicing and dicing and giving you what money that they can, and you've got to do as much with it as you possibly can. Is that, is that a fair statement? Yeah. So the way it works is um, we, we do, our fiscal year starts, um, most lo- local government starts in July 1. Mm-hmm. Um, and so basically starting in December, we start, advocating for our various departments so in it we're we're you know i'm i well i start probably in august saying hey you know this is what we need to do next year and we kind of advocate then january we come out and we do we we put out our budget and we say hey this is all this is what i need right Mm -hmm. um in the in the past, so I work for the city of West Covina, and we. And, and if you don't mind, um, let me let, let me uh, just kind of ask because there's things that pop out to me that I think are interesting. Because you said advocate, and then we then we advocate. So it's it's literally like politics, like IT politics in local government, local state and local government. Right. Right. So like when you I mean, advocate, how well you know? I mean, it's kind of like how good are you at advocating <laughs> to get what you want? You know what I mean? Like, what right. is it? What does it look like? Is it like you know? Are we in a ring of you know a ring here fighting out for like? you know, battling with other people that, you know, want, I don't know, a soda machine or something? Like, what are we dealing with? Right. Well, not soda, but like street cleaners or tree trimmers or, you know, Uh, because chainsaw versus versus server. Right. We're, we're in a fixed budget. We don't, cities don't typically go up or down. I mean, um, our, our budget is fixed and lately with housing, um, it's kind of gone down. So the, so there isn't, it, it isn't like, um, like business. I used to work in, in banking and it's like, well, we'll just ask for this and, and they could borrow if they need be, you know, this year, because we're going to make X amount next year and it's going to, or just decide to give you more it. money because it might make the company more money. Like they can't just decide, right. decide, Hey, we're going to give you more money because this is a great idea. You're stuck with what right, right. And even when I, I do, because um, there are some projects that we, we make money at, um, but that doesn't come back to IT. It comes back to the general fund, and then it goes, it goes the to the next chain year. Everyone, yeah. yep, everyone advocates for their own, their own their space. So, so I'm just, I just want to highlight, I just want us to highlight, this is like, this is the most perfect example of IT needing to do more with less. It's not like there's a way of getting out of this. Like you really have to do more with less. Right, right. Okay. You're, 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 and it, and it shrinks. Or with what you got, you have, to do what you, you have to do, you have to do as much as you can with what you've got. So the more, right. the more we can do, the better. So anyways, sorry, go ahead. 
Yes. No, per, it's perfect. So that we, so we advocate, um, and, and, uh, and then we, we come up with our budget. Um, when I got here, um, it was kind of, uh, like a simple way to explain it is everything was in IT was done in, in buckets. So if you want a computer, that's a bucket. If you want internet, that's a bucket. And so they just said, okay, for the year, you need 20,000 and that's it. Um, the the problem I saw with that, and I I had experienced previously, was that you when you do the bucket model, you're basically um, when they cut it, they say, well, you you just need half of that, but there's no real world tangible like, oh, this equals that. So what I did was I turned my budget into a line item, so every single expense is mm. I I put in a line item, so that when the cuts happen, you. You know, they know what they're cutting. To look at it. Yes, and 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 it's there. So, um, you know, we, and we cut every year. There's always something that happens. So, and, <laughs> but they know exactly what they're not getting. That's I. The, the, so, when for they example, come back like, and say like email is like email a line item, like like oh, like you yep. know, What do you guys do for email? It is. Are you guys a yeah. three sixty five shop or what do you guys do? Uh, yeah, I, I converted it to o three sixty five, and that'll kind of go back to our old. Uh, like doing more with less. Uh-huh. So there's like um, a, a line item for that. So they know they can't cut yeah. it. So they know if they cut that, it's right. like, okay, email goes away. Oh, this is a genius. Right. right? They could they cut it. They could, but they know the consequence. So <laughs> anything's possible. Anything's possible. So they, so, you know, they, and sometimes it's services. So um, we, so that, that, that that's key because also, Everything gets talked about. Everything that we're spending money gets talked about. And then I also can, when I, throughout the year, cut, um, when I self-cut uh, items that I I realized, you know what? Because um, I'm always looking for redundancies that if, hey, this thing, we can, we can do the same thing with this other product that we have or this product improved, right? And, and, now Microsoft has added something that totally replaces this other product we're getting. So we can do away with that. So like that's voice. constantly happening. Like in my right. world, it could be voice. And if you do, if you do mm-hmm. Microsoft right, if you do 365 right, you could pay $4.95 uh, per user for your voice seat and pay a penny per minute. Or you could actually pay the ridiculous uh, Microsoft fee of $12 for local, <laughs> $12 for international, $8 for the phone system piece. And now you're at like $32 for something that you have to manage yourself. But, um, right. <laughs> but anyways, I just had to throw that in. No, I was doing that. Yeah, math no, it's perfect. It's perfect. Cause that's, that's what we do. So that's, that's, key so that's how i do budgets is, is basically um i make sure that every little thing is accounted for and we um and that way it puts the onus of the services on you know on management to know which services we can and cannot provide um so i'm calling this the ultimate cost center and i'm taking these notes down on a napkin right now that has multiple <laughs> notes on it that I have folded in multiple different ways. And I'm doing that in the theme of doing more with less and making sure that I use a napkin for multiple different things. <laughs> Very good. We, we use paper many times here for many things. So. <laughs> okay. Um, so let's talk a little bit more about just 
you know, I call this like, I'm, I'm going to title this show, the ultimate cost center. Um, because one of the themes of the show is really not treating it as a cost center. It's treating it as a revenue generator or a force multiplier. As I heard, um, someone say the other day, it's not just, just not coming back. Cause I talk with, we, we talk about this so much. So the, this is the ultimate cost center and there's really not much you can do about it. Um, and we will get to like how you do generate revenue and some other really cool ways here in a second. But so what are some of the, you know, line items on the PNL? Would you say that most IT directors or IT managers have a certain level of, of experience with a PNL or know how to re- read a PNL and why putting line items on a PNL are so important? Um, I, I would say no. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say that it's uh, it's across the board. Um, the and I don't want to like say that this is the reason why this is key is because you've been kind of I don't want to say forced to do this in the public sector, but for someone that might not be in the public se- sector, that's not really kind of I, I don't know pigeonholed into you know creating these buckets for everything. Um, it it might be an eye opener for someone to say, well, hey what does my company's P&L look like and what can I do to maybe move costs around or, you know, do more with less here? It might just kind of open the eyes a little bit for some people that haven't done that. Is there? Uh, yeah. Well, so, so you have to think of it differently. So the old school way was when, you know, when I got into this business was um, you, you would, you would do the buckets and there were reasons why you did the buckets and it's because you, you wanted to kind of, hide, not hide money, but like not that you're stealing it, right? But you just wanted to put some away for emergencies. And so by doing buckets, you kind of have a vague notion of this is how much I need, right? Uh And then you kind of move stuff around and that's kind of the old school way of doing things. But we're, we're, we're basically operating on dollars, right? So like, I, I don't have if, if, if I doing the old school way, you're going to get cut. Um, and I don't, I think that a lot of IT managers, private, public um, are still, you know, they, they still come from my generation, right? So they're not in their twenties, they're thirties and above. And they're still with a lot of people still have that mindset. I gotta, I can't do line item because that, that's going to tell people exactly how much I need. And I, I need, what about emergencies? I need to, to so you're, it's kind of like the, it's, it's kind of like the, the paving in the roads type of thing. Like, like, why are we repaving this road that was like perfectly fine? Well, we've got to spend this money because if we don't spend this money, we won't have it next year. That's the old school. Right. That's the old school. Way. Right. Right. Yeah. And a lot of people still do that. But the, but the thing is that the, our realities have changed. And um, so like the key that, that really kind of brought this to me is I started in the early 2000s, I started taking ITIL classes, which is um, kind of a IT uh, kind of analytics. So how to run IT better with analytics. And so I really got into data in the early 2000s. And that's when I realized, you know what? I can actually calculate even emergency. I can tell you how much on the average in the last 10 years, the city mm-hmm. has spent on emergencies. So I mm-hmm. can have a line item that's, Hey, this is how much we probably need for emergencies. 
Mm-hmm. Is it possible that we have a major catastrophe and it goes over the budget? It's possible, but it's know, also possible that you don't have any disaster. It's also possible that everything goes right. perfect. Yeah, right. So you can uh, you can by using data, and the data is so out there. I mean, public data. Mm-hmm. Everything I do is out there in public. You can, I mean, you can find my salary. You can find my mm-hmm. like all my emails. Everything is out there. Right. Mm. So all this data is out there, but the problem is people have not been using it. And, and it's not because they don't want to, it just, they don't know. They, one, they don't know that would help them. Two, they don't know how to get it. And three, once they have it, they understand they need it and they understand mm-hmm. how to get it. Mm-hmm. They don't know what to do with it because they don't understand. They don't have any statisticians or anyone that works in analytics on staff. So. Mm. They just kind of, and there's the eighty twenty rule too. There's the, there's the I, I just don't care principle as well. Um, well, yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, that, that's just a fact of life. That you know, uh, that there, there's some people that you know. Well, I'll do what I I'll do what I can to get by because no one's really asking any questions. But um, yeah, okay. well, and you have people in different segments of life. I mean, we we run into that. We there's a lot of resistance to data also because. Look, I'm, I'm, I may be retiring in five years, and why should I totally start on this new concept that I don't understand? Mm. Can't, can't we just like pass yeah. the buck for five years? Yeah. It's scary so if it's your I, doctor. I get it. <laughs> it's real, no, it's real scary. Right. Like, like, no, I'm no. Like hip replacements, for example, right? Like, my family's like, right. we're, we're known for like hip replacements, right? So, there's like a lot of ways, new ways that you can do a hip replacement. So, why are like, you know, 50 doctors in my area still doing it the old school way. And there's only one guy that's doing like a, uh, what is it? Posterior versus anterior or something, hip replacement. And it's just because, Hey, this is how I have done it forever. And you're going to tell me a doctor uh, to do it a different way where I might screw up. Right. Uh, right. So. I, I actually, my, my daughter, my, my kid is going, um, getting braces. Right. Mm-hmm. And we found um, we we went around and I did my research, right? I, I went mm-hmm. to different places and we figured out, okay, what are the different kinds? What are and mm-hmm. th- we found one um, person who was doing in a city near us that was doing it a totally new way than mm-hmm. everyone else. Right? Yeah, it it takes less time. It is less con- you know, less painful. Mm-hmm. It's less costly. Everything about it is better. Yeah. But there's only one person doing it, mm. right? So it's uh, it's changes hard. So uh, yes, changes it, it will die hard. So uh, <laughs> it's just it's just reality. Uh, okay, so I love this. Um, I mean, the data driven concept. What else are we, you know? So any other like tips or tricks or things that you've been doing, you know, so we've got these, this line item really line item IT um, has, has helped you has helped people make decisions to not take stuff away from you, I guess. How, how right. has it helped you to get new things or how do you, you know, we've, we've, I get that you've moved some things around. So we've got some new products or, or things or ways that we can do things that integrate, I guess it would be integration would be the word there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the, the, so the using the data. So one of the first things that came in, um, we had no uh, geographical uh, information system GIS uh-huh. that was here. So basically, the the what I 
what I did was I went and once I cut down the line items, I was showing them, I went to management and I showed them how much they were spending on GIS that they weren't using because no one, they didn't have anyone on site to use it. Um, they just didn't know about it. Right. So I took that line item, I cut it up and I said, okay, here, these are programs you're using that are buying that no one uses. Um, here's programs you're buying that is outdated. Um, and the, the facts are wrong. Um, we're getting complaints from fire department can't find a street. Because, I mean, this is, a, this is the other thing about doing public works is this is all real world stuff. Everything's based on real people doing real stuff. So we have fire engines going down the street. They're using this data, but the street is wrong because mm. the data hasn't been updated. So they, they can't the figure spot. out how to get, right. Mm. Or, or they can't figure out how to get there. So these are things you have to, like, you have to have good data. You have to know that you're using data. Um, some of them were, when, when they, the data didn't work, what they would do is they would just draw maps and, and, and then draw on them when they found mistakes. I mean, it was just, so we, I came in, I showed that, and they said, you know, that makes sense, but I still don't get it, right? I still don't understand. So I reached out to some of the colleges and I said, okay, look, I am not a expert at this GIS systems, mm -hmm. but I've worked for a decade in them. Mm -hmm. um, I've partnered with people that are, are high level, very, so I kind of know what can be done. I just don't know how to do it. So. Give, give me some of your students, tell them I'll, I will give them opportunities to, to come here and do things that you cannot do like at a school. Um, they'll make a big difference and they can put it on their resumes and you, uh, real life, real life experience. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you'll transform the city. So oh, now hold on. I gotta, we got to back up here a little bit, just a little okay. bit, because <laughs> I want to ask you, first of all, does this even fit into your job description? Like what, like if you just showed up to work every day, what's your general job description? Is it, Hey, let's, let's get into, um, you know, GIS, let's do all this. We, we can transform all these things. Or is your job description, Hey, make sure people can send and receive an email, make a phone call, um, utilize the communication systems. And does this fall within your job description? So my, my, the way I see it is, I, you know, first and foremost, I'm a public administrator. Mm -hmm. So my job description is to serve the community first and the city second. So basically the city staff. So mm -hmm. the, any, any way that we can serve the two, um, our community, then that's within my job description. Now, do they, they don't lie. I mean, basically, you it's know, not in uh, your job description, it, though. It's it's really not. Right. You're just but, saying this is what it should be. You're saying this is like well, a higher road, right. Higher road. IT. But our in, in in public service, you they would have a hard time. So their get out of jail card at the end is always and other duties as needed. That's that's the that's uh, on the list. You know, on the you. list. So yeah, basically, yeah. it's they have a whole list of things they like because they think. They'd like that. Um, mm -hmm. The reality is if you've ever looked at any city job posting, mm -hmm. um, unless it's someone who, unless it's not HR doing it, unless it's someone in IT, most mm -hmm. of the time, it, it, it's kind of crazy because it doesn't really match what 
um, real world <laughs> needs are. Okay. Um, but, but yeah, so it's, it's not necessarily like something. And if you were coming in and punching the card, yeah, you, you, um, I, I, you know, they, there would be a person, if someone basically just wants to come in and get a paycheck, um, yep. this, you know, you're probably not going to do this. You probably also would be better served by working at a bank or working someplace. That I guess my point is, is there's a lot of people complaining about job satisfaction and there's a lot of talk about where, mm. I mean, this is something that I, the, the point is, is this is, this is like real unselfish IT where you're serving. This is where IT can really serve and make a difference because, and, and I'll let you speak on the GIS stuff further and the internship program, which is awesome is that actually all the work that you're doing is affecting, it is affecting the, the public community, it is affecting the community, and it's benefiting all of the departments. Um, probably at a, it's probably benefiting all the departments more than it's even benefiting your department because in the end, your, your cost center budget is going to get cut and it's, you've got to now fight for your line items and yet here you are at the same time really giving back to the community. Um, so it, the, the point is it's kind of a double-edged sword where look at how much it is really making a difference and why are we cutting your budget? Right. Or why is your, yeah. you know, well, we should, we should be throwing money in your budget in your case, but, but, um, anyways, uh, because yeah. the, I, we got to change the culture of that because the culture is let's dip into it, but the, the, but, but your point is well taken. That is exactly the, the kind of right now we're still looked at as a piggy bank, right? But the but by doing this and kind of changing the culture, um, one of the things that happens a lot in cities is IT is in will be stuck in another department. It's not a, it's not its own department. It's a division, and it'll be in like parks or it'll be in, in fi- it's in finance a lot. Um, it'll be in. So mm. one of the things I advocate for is move it to central. It, it, it doesn't have to be its own department but it should be in a central department, like sit under the CMO, the city manager's office, or maybe city clerk, but it should be a central office so that you're not beholden to any one department because IT should serve the whole organization, whether you're private or public, it should serve the whole organization. Yeah. If it was sure under that, parks and recreation or something weird like that, it would be, it would just be weird. Yeah. And it uh, is in some cities it is. And, and so there's a, a weird cultural thing that happens when that, when that goes on. Mm. So, um, but yeah, so that's, I mean, it's a good point, but I think that, so, so with the GIS, that's kind of a good example. So that was, there wasn't, there was no need, no one saw a need to do this work. No one saw a need for the interns. No one saw a need to change anything. Explain no GIS to need real quick for people listening. So just- GIS is basically like digital map making. Um, and like I said, I'm not a GIS uh, technician, um, but I use it a lot. Um, and it basically is everything that we do is spatial. So, you know, parks, that's in a space. Uh, the fire has to move in spaces. Um, the police is in space. So, you know, everything is about where things are, you know, how big they are, how everything is. So GIS is basically a whole bunch of, um, imagine a bunch of maps, right? Um, I think it was started in like the 60s or 70s. 
Um, and and they're, the big company is Esri up in Redlands, California. Um, but they basically made computer maps. But then they realized, you know what? You could make a computer map and you can overlay another computer map that has different set of data on it. And what will you find? Well, what's crazy is, let's say you do a hydrant map, a fire hydrant map, and you overlay a, a map of wrecks. Well, if you have the, all the data of your fire hydrants and which ones are broken, which ones work, which ones don't, but then you you overlay a lot of um, like a accident map on top of it, you might find that strangely enough, a lot of the fire hydrants in high accident areas are getting hit by cars, and that's why they're not working. Mm. Um, you 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 just I mean we. People that have been using this, there's a bunch of cities, the bigger cities like New York, LA, um, Long, or Long Beach. Mm-hmm. Some of the, uh, Riverside has started making, Riverside, California is making big ones. Kent City, um, Tampa. I, I know of a, a lot of them I've, I've met because um, we meet at some of the, the conferences. They, they're starting to realize that by using this map data, we can figure out like relationships that we never knew existed so if we could stop people from having wrecks not only would we save people from their car you know if we make that intersection more safe we might there's that fire hydrant right there that we have to fix every year that we'd stop having to fix Mm -hmm. like it's it's these weird things that you that that are relationships you just don't know yeah you just don't you so that's what gis does it gives us a whole new view um, one of the newer things we've been doing is making but I, story but here's maps. The key, so we'll, like, maybe this is obvious, but but here's the key piece. Yes. The it, it, if you stop fixing the fire hydrant, if you don't have to fix the fire hydrant fifty times, you have right. that money back. Right. That money comes back. Right. So you're affecting the budget again. Right. Yes. Yeah, but, but, so, we want to know, but we want to know that if we cut if we cut that area of the budget, if we, right, if we cut the area right. of the of the IT or the data driven, if we cut that area of the budget, then you're going to keep paying for that fire hydrant and numerous right. other things. One of the one of the recent one of my interns recently did a fantastic. I, I said, okay, I have this idea. Do this because um, this is kind of how I work. I'm like, okay, I have this idea, but you're the expert in this area. Figure out how to do this. So we, we, I said, go find this data. So she was able to match data of, because um, we have data of buildings that's taken from like Google Maps and some other, um, and it tells us exactly how big buildings are, right? Then we match that data with what the permits are for that lot of land. Mm-hmm. And we were able to find over 150 spaces in our city that are incorrectly permitted. So if someone bought a house, they may have torn down the house and they build up an apartment complex, but they never told anyone, but the city didn't have any technology to figure it out. No one mm-hmm. noticed. Mm-hmm. And for years, this apartment complex has been there and <laughs> never paid the city. Right? So they paid so for, like those a permit things- for like a, a fence. They paid the permit for like putting up like a wooden fence <laughs> In a, yeah, in I my mean, backyard, but it's really like a 28-story apartment building. <laughs> yeah, or or a duplex. People have built houses. They they just built it 
like they just had extra land. They just built this house there and there was never a permanent, right? Those are the things. It sounds crazy, but we thought we, I mean, as soon as we did the the numbers, I was like, we just found 150 spots that we got to go and inspect. Um, and what, and just out so of curiosity, those, how much money would that be? I mean, do you have any idea like what that added up to? I mean, because you're yeah, I mean, well, so they're going to fail because hey, you never passed the electric, you never passed the, you know, whatever this, 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 and this, yeah. Right. So each one of those probably is about a thousand dollars. So if you average, it's about a thousand dollars. So it's one hundred fifty thousand. You know. Yeah. So it's not, it's not small, and and some of them might be more, uh, much more. And if if it's if it's a commercial site that's been running a business. Mm-hmm. for long you know there's penalties so there's all this you know that's quite a bit and, of money and our, yeah but but our thing is not so much we it's also about like how do we recapture and make sure everyone's doing you know doing what they're supposed to be doing we're able to capture um lawn so the the other is just having those inspectors so now instead of inspectors going okay um actually a, a better example is uh, the, the there was a fire company in Utah that was inspecting their fire hydrants, right? And they they were sending out a fireman who gets really well paid, and that those firemen were not able to do all of them in a year, so they had to send out more firemen. Right? Mm-hmm. Those people are well paid. What are they doing? They're driving around for over a year. Well, you know, if you mm-hmm. count all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, just to look at a fire hydrant, click mm-hmm. on it, check it, and then leave. Mm-hmm. They used the GIS mapping, and they were able to map quicker routes. And so they were able to do the same thing with one person in six months. And no longer, they, they also added some other tools. So they no longer had to use a firefighter. They could use someone who was just trained with the tool. Mm. So it didn't cost. It, they were able to lessen the cost, and and uh, and just make it. And I, I've actually heard of another station which they basically use the map so that it would alert, um, like when they're doing the firefighters were doing their rounds, mm-hmm. it would alert them when they were near a fire hydrant, and if the person was there, they were able to um, inspect it, like take a you know minute or two to inspect it. Mm-hmm. They would do. While they're, you know, coming back from fighting a fire, and that they they said that saved them a ton of time because they they just kind of did it in the route, and this this GIS system was able to alert them that the fire hydrant was near them, and it was able to map them all, and then it would tag them as they got inspected. Hmm. So throughout the year, they tag they they were able to get every single one. By not by just stopping on the way home, mm. so that oh, I got was, you. That, that's cool. So there's a lot of ways you can use GIS. We've we've we um we had to do redistricting. So one of the beauties was because I had started this program um, when 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 the in the redistricting process you have to have. Um, very accurate maps, but we just have. It just so happened we had been creating these maps just as proof of concept to management to say, "Hey, we can do this." Yep. And when they had to have them, they were already there. It was 
so they never, you know, cities never know when they're going to need something, but, um, but it's fundamental to their work. It's just hard for people who come from, who have been doing this for 30 years to kind of get their brain around um, data and that really what they're doing is data analytics, not you're, you're, well, you're not just doing forms and, and you kind of and, searched it. I mean, you kind of found the, I mean, you have it kind of in you naturally, right. To, but I think right. even from a more simplistic standpoint, it's, it's really more the idea because a, let's be honest, you had a bunch of interns do this for free, uh, which is genius. Right. And, uh, <laughs> and it's great for them and it's fun for them and it's real life experience for them. And we all know that whatever we learned in college, when we get in the real world, it's uh, absolutely not like that whatsoever. Um, and then you learn, then you have to learn by, by doing so. But here's the thing. I mean, I guess the real point is, is to ask the right questions. I mean, I think that's what it comes down to, right? With your departments, looking mm-hmm. at departments, um, how do you get involved with these different departments? Because for you to even know this building permit thing to begin with, it had to start with a question and you had to ask the right question. So how did we go from, I mean, you're involved in IT. What does that have to do with building permits? And again, I know it's right. kind of catch all in the public sector. That's like, Hey, you know, it's a, you know, it's just like maybe a small business or a startup where you, where you wear multiple hats, but, you know, how did you think to ask that question to begin with? Or did someone bring up that problem? Or were you guys sitting in a meeting and were you, and are people asking what kind of problems can IT solve? Or are you bringing that up? And is that the key? Well, so the what, another experience I had was the, the last city. I worked for the city of Pasadena previously. And one of the, I got lucky. I got, I was in the right time, place in the right time. Um, the, the ITIL, I went to the ITIL training. We, we, we were able to create a service center um, there that we then converted into a 311. Um, and the team was excellent. And we started doing conversions of centralizing all of IT, right? Because we all believed in, we got to centralize IT. And all the departments in Pasadena, Pasadena is big. Um, they don't just have parades and, and uh, you know, football games. But they... they and there's some people it, with money really there. Big. Some people have money. Yeah, right. Yeah. And a lot of big companies. So we started going to each of the um, departments, and I was the one that kind of sat in with every department. And one of the things I got from that, uh, we were, we were, I was, my purpose was to learn how to merge their IT with our IT, right? So I was just there for technical. But one of the things I got from that was, is I wish I had been doing this when I was still in banking, because in banking. We, we didn't sit with, the customers came to us and said, I need this. We, we figured out what the best this was and we mm-hmm. gave that to them, right? Mm-hmm. That's how it worked. Mm-hmm. But I think if I went back in time, I would tell them, stop, you need to be part of that department. So with, I learned that from Pasadena, which is I sat in the departments, I sat in their meetings, you know, as the IT manager. Well, I wasn't, I was the, I was the task. I was not the manager there, but when I became the IT manager here in West Covina, I took that. And so I sit in the meetings, I meet with the directors, I meet with the people so that I understand what do they do? Because it's really, really important for IT to understand all the processes. Um, like Let's, you could go back to like Frederick Taylor of measuring all the, you know, how, how fast you're shoveling coal, but that's not, that's, that is 
the problem is really the the piece that they miss in in uh, the scientific method is that the human part. And so that's the big key with the IT is by you going in as an IT manager, going into these departments, you'll learn what their processes are. You'll hear them complain. You hear them. I mean, half the time they don't, they forget I'm even there and they'll talk bad about IT and, oh, I can't <laughs> believe they're doing this. You know, wait, wait, what's you something learn. bad? Let's, let's hear something bad. What's the worst thing you've ever had, ever heard said about IT? This is good. Oh, no, there's a lot of bad stuff. I, I, I couldn't say it on that. But the, the, okay, PG-13 rated. Yeah. <laughs> no, the, the, so a lot of times, you know, they, a lot of times what I hear is they think we're trying to push them into doing something, and that's not really the case. Um, like restricting, but I, I get restricting it, but, you know, or locking like, down. Right, or, I mean, the... Why do I have to change my password? You're making me do this. You're making me use this program. I don't want to use this program. I wanted to use the old program. Mm -hmm. You're making me do this. And Mm so one of the things I try, you know, when I hear that, um, like you you said that, you know, there's a lot of different reasons people don't want change. But I'm able to kind of focus on those folks and say, okay, and I send my interns or I send, um, and we haven't even talked about like how cities are, just cutting IT staff drastically. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully that'll change, but you know that's one of the things I have to do. So I send my interns to meet with them and say, okay, you know, just sit with them, talk to anything that they have a problem with. I mean, because I I do not care about computers, keyboards, or mice. That is not my job. My job is to make their their work faster, better, easier. Uh-huh. My life, my. My job is to make them easier. And uh-huh. if they're complaining because they think we're making their lives harder, uh-huh. then there's a communication, there's something's going wrong. So that's, that's what I've done. And that's, that's how I find these things. Um, what the, I, I was in a meeting this week. And so I, what's funny is I, I realized because I had taken my kid to a park and um, when she was playing soccer, we, I saw that there wasn't any video cameras there. So I said, um, uh, I had one of my texts. I said, okay, one of your new projects is going to be, let's inventory all the cameras, find out which ones work, which ones are connected, who's Mm -hmm. monitoring. We need to make sure that we have everything ready. Well, Mm -hmm. I go to a meeting, department head meeting, and all of a sudden the the parks director is saying, you know, um, I'm going to meet with the police and we're, we're, these cameras are just not working correctly. And it's like, oh, wait, now this is good because uh, I've already got, we're already working on solutions with this, this need. Mm-hmm. Um, they said that they so were going to meet with police, which is interesting too. So Yes, and not include me. And who um, knows how many like side roads and various different like things that could right. lead to. to <laughs> I mean, it could. Right. I mean, so the next thing you know, a police department has like a f- 15 audio video sales guys in their office, like talking to them about something. And then they, and then who knows what could happen. And then they come to you and they say, Hey, by the way, we just bought this stuff. Can you install it? Well, so could that, that, could that ever happen, by the way? I'm just curious. Could that happen? No, it, it happens <laughs> a lot. And I bet a lot of people listening probably are going, that is, that's what happens to me because the old school way is very like, um, they would buy something and they just bring it to you and say, here you go, support it. That's oh. how IT used to be. I mean, that's 90s IT, 
right? Yeah, yeah. And How do we prevent that? Still it still happens. happens. It right? absolutely still it's, happens. Yeah, it still happens. But that is the wrong way. I te- I, I, as much as I preach that you have to bring IT, when you think about something that has anything to do with process, anything, literally any meaning you have at this point, I think should involve someone with a stake in, in that un- understanding of IT. Bring them in. I'm, I'm happy to stay late to their meetings and sit there and say, okay, well, how can we help you improve this? Um, this week, I found out about a new software that went out, um, that went out for bid. And I would, I, first thing I heard about it, well, it's already gone out for bid. It, they've already, they've already discussed what the requirements they're asking for. Well, wait, I, I, now I'm going to scramble to figure out, do we have enough server space? Can I, can we get this? How does software work? We, I don't know which one is going to win, but, I can look at all the bidders and say, okay, well, if this one wins, I'm going to need this. Or, but they didn't. Can you stop it? Like, so are you telling me like once something goes out for bid, like that's it? There's no like, there's no like, hold on, let's pull back the reins. No, we're, ours are ours are formal bids. So once it goes out, so that's the that's <laughs> a cultural thing. It, I, and I talk to a lot of people, Mike, that are in my position. It, it's it's getting better. It's it's getting. But I have a big thing with rigid RFPs. I hate RFPs. I have a huge thing with it because a lot of times the RFP might be written from a, someone that doesn't understand the industry or doesn't understand, you know, I mean, you could write an RFP for a phone system, for example, right? And it was written from the perspective of someone that's only ever understood on-site PBXs, right? Like with no right. no understanding that like maybe there's a cloud thing or maybe we write an RFP for uh, replacing the email server without any understanding. This is like a, like an extreme example, right? That I don't think this would happen. But let's write an RFP for replacing our email server. And, you know, no, it, why would you do that? And they, they, <laughs> they could put an RFP and that specifically states what kind of, you know, vendors, like, or what kind of manufacturers they're looking for. Right. Um, yeah. I, and if they miss our, something, if they miss a whole group of vendors or a whole specific area of technology, they get my, hey, we right. need to, you know, we need to, you know, the server needs to have this much RAM. It needs to have this much space. It needs to be able to have uh, Microsoft, whatever, XYZ loaded on it, whatever the bullet points and details are. And then they've completely missed the entire um, aspect of say, hey, why don't we just mi- migrate to O365? Uh, Do you think something like that could happen? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that's an extreme example. happens all the time. That's ridiculous. No, in, in government, it still happens. <laughs> that's it so still bad. It still happens all the time, every okay. day. It's, it's terrible. The, the, the thing about that is that that's, I mean, that's probably a whole nother topic, but it's it is. the, we, we, they, they need to, um, in government that we need to reform that because it's, um, All right, I'm ooh, sidebarring this. It's definitely, I'm very yeah, OCD. So, so I'm going to sidebar that. <laughs> RFP yeah. so, government. Um, where were we? Sorry. So, but the, you know, but basically the, the, you know, the having the data is key, and that's that's helping me. Um, and, and and I've gone out and I use. So one of the keys to me. Oh, is I know what it I, was. I'm so sorry, and I don't mean to interrupt you. No. I do want to hit back on no. back on the jumping back into the conversations and gra- in in saying, "Hey, I'll stay late. I'll go to the whatever oh, right, police right. department, the police department meeting, and all these things." I want to ask you this because I want to bang this out right now because I used to have people say, "Look." I want to keep it simple, stupid. 
I want to have the top mm-hmm. three questions. And the top three questions are just going to absolutely open up the person. I used to tell people like, hey, if you want to break down barriers first, get someone smiling. It's a famous, it's a Zig Ziglar thing. But I figure if you get yeah. someone smiling, if you get someone smiling, they break down like, hey, you got them smiling. Okay. Like, I don't care what it is. Just whatever your thing is to get someone smiling, to break down that barrier. Great. That's the first thing you do. But what are maybe the top three questions or the top three things that any IT director out there can do? Um, what would you say top best three questions that they could ask or that you might start with to create this type of open ended, this, this open conversation? Um, first ask their name. So <laughs> that, that always helps. So, we're we're top then, three. <laughs> yeah. I'm hoping they know so, their name, but go ahead. Yeah. The, the, really you need to know what are their needs? You know, what do they need? What are their pain points? So what are your, what do you need? What are your pain points with what's going on right now? And what are your wants? Like, what do you wish could be happening? You know, and the, once you start with what they think, Mm -hmm. then you can, you have to sit in and you have to observe because um, it's anyone who's done like a, a, a survey will know that, you know, you, you ask a whole the same question in different ways, and you can start yep. getting kind of to the the actual truth. And so, I usually ask kind of what they think, right? Uh-huh. What do you need? What do you? What are your pain points? What are the problems uh-huh. you see? And uh-huh. then, what do you want? What would you like in the future? And then I sit down and I I, I watch every process and and document what their processes are. Um, like one of the things that I did, which I was, I was unsuccessful to get them to, to spend the money to fix. Mm-hmm. Um, but th- here, here's the process. So um, we had our field guys that, that, that um, fixed roads. Mm-hmm. Um, we, when I, years ago, uh, I went and watched the process. The process was they came in the office in the morning. They got a piece of paper that told them a problem mm-hmm. that, or an incident that they had to go fix. Mm-hmm. They drove out, they fixed that problem, mm-hmm. they came back, they wrote down on a piece of paper how they fixed it. Mm-hmm. Then that person, then they picked up another piece of paper and then they went back out to fix. So that, that's one thing where like, I was like, well, why are they coming back to get their work? Why don't they just stay out there? What if, what if it's like five feet away, they have to go fix another pothole and like mm-hmm. you could have just told them just go down the street. That was one. But the other thing was once they handed that piece of paper with all their notes on it, mm-hmm. a person would type it into a system that um, one system that was like their, their work system. Mm-hmm. Then they would print that out. Then that person would go to another computer that had another system with their inventory and they would type everything into it's that. It's making me tired just listening. <laughs> I mean, and I'm like, I'm like, seriously, like, I'm already like, I get it. I get it. <laughs> it's like, so you're like, why? And, and, and so I said, oh, I can fix this. I can make those systems talk. We can give them cell phones. And, and the folks that were here years ago, they're no longer here. So I can, I'm free to say, but they said, oh, you know, $15,000, too much money for that. Uh, I'm like, well, you're paid I think you'd save a lot more. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're paid this much an hour. And everyone, I mean, anyone that knows anything about like most organizations, 
you know, I mean, the, 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 your largest controllable cost is your labor. And if you can control labor, and honestly, IT can't be that big of a, well, I guess all of IT in general would be. I know communications is usually 1% or less of the entire P&L, yet that, yet that itself um, affects or effects, whatever one I'm supposed to be use here, affects the, um, the you know, labor so much. Um, so just to, I mean, to kind of like pull it all together here, I've been doing a ton of research, just data driven research myself that I haven't shared with you yet with specifically IT directors in the mid-market space that are trying to do more with less, which is actually exactly what we've been talking about here. And the, it's, it's, I, it's funny because your second question is my first question. And I'm not saying that you even <laughs> asked these in any particular order. You said, you know, what, you know, what do you need? Uh, my first question is, what are your pains? What's your single biggest frustration? Uh, what's your single biggest frustration or problem, right? Because people know what that is. That's what's making mm-hmm. their life miserable and everyone loves to talk about that. And, and my first question is, can I ask your advice? Because everyone hates surveys. No one wants to take surveys. Um, unless yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe, you know, like I don't take the survey after I go to Chipotle about my burrito. I don't, I know they want that information, but I just, I'm not going to take that survey. But if they asked me, can I ask your advice on, on how to make better burritos? I probably would answer that one to be honest with you. Um, and if they asked me what my single biggest frustration is with walking through the line there, and that's when I don't get my burrito made the same way every time. Um, so I guess that's just my own little piece there is, can I ask your advice? I think people respond to that one. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a, a, a good, I will. Can we oh, end with, uh, can we end, because I could talk all day, to be honest with you. Can we end with the coyotes? <laughs> can we end with the coyotes? Because that to me was a oh. big story. How does, what does yeah. coyotes and in your job have in common? Yes, well, so the 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 basically um, the I threw you off. We found yeah the the uh, but basically the the issue with the coyotes is um, we had a lot of um, folks being um, reporting coyotes attacks. We we live near. Uh, um, our city is near some mountains. We're actually not that close, but we're close enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and so after we had California fires, the mm-hmm. food source was uh, limited. So we got a lot of coyotes in town. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're getting a lot of reports that, hey, my dogs are getting attacked. My cats are gone. A lot mm-hmm. of that. Um, and what are you going to do about it? Right. Well, th- there was really not a, um, I mean, what are we going to do about it? Right. So, what, so what we did do, though, was I have interns, I have GIS info, and we can make something that can help people help themselves. So we created, basically what we did is we created a coyote map, and we created it so that it's interactive. And people can go to our map um, on the city website, and they report attacks, they tell who what got attacked, was it their dog, their cat, or did they just see a coyote walk by? Um, you know, it could be anything that they see they can put on this map. Well, then other people, they go to the map and they're saying, okay, I'm walking my dog. Oh, wait, I'm not going to go down that street because, you know, John just saw a giant coyote down there. And so they'll walk their dog a different direction because they can look at this map. So we basically created this and the 
and it lessens the calls because now people are kind of helping themselves. They're helping their neighbors. They're reporting the coyotes, and now their neighbor is figuring out where to go and go. Um, mm. And that lessens the impact. Of, it cut back on phone calls? Yeah, it, it, it became less of an issue because now what, what did they want? They, people wanted to feel safe. They wanted to know where, you know, they wanted to know where the coyotes are. Mm-hmm. Um, they wanted to be able to kind of take control. Mm-hmm. Um, the city doesn't have the resources to have people walking around with coyote signs saying coyotes here. Mm-hmm. So th- this is the, th- what we're doing is empowering the people to basically police the coyotes themselves and to yeah. give the information to everyone else. There's actually a lot being and, done and, with that with emergency response as well for like emer- emergency right. situations. So people can text right. things we, and you can have little blips right. and, we, map and all that. Yeah. We, we partnered with Waze to do almost the same thing with traffic. Mm. So we, we share our information with Waze. So if you drive through a city um, and use Waze, you'll actually see city data where we're sharing it with the Waze. And that helps us too because we, we can look at Waze and say, hey, there's a giant accident. There's a, like 100 people reporting an accident here. Mm-hmm. Even if we haven't gotten that call yet, we could send the unit out to check it out. Yeah, that's cool. So, so you had like a like an API in with them. Yeah. So there's a lot of things, you know, everything we do is trying to empower people because we have less resources. But, you know, this is our community. We really want to make sure that we, you know, these are things I want. I want to know that coyote is not going to eat my dog. So. so, I mean, I guess at the end of the day, it's about... <sighs> unselfish IT, getting involved, asking the questions, getting involved in various different departments and, and asking the right questions. Um, and then using, uh, in your case, um, data-driven analytics um, by asking the right questions to make a very significant uh, return, um, return on investment or, or, plan, or, or planning and, and savings and across the board. Not, not not only savings, but really um, back to that force multiplier of getting more done with less. Uh, so not only do you right. get, so you shouldn't have to get more done with less. By the way, you should have you should just get more. Period. Um, but not only do you get <laughs> done more with less, it spreads that mentality spreads across can spread across the organization based on how we use technology and data. Yeah. No, it's true. It's you're you're you gotta you. The, the data is helps us do more with less, but it also helps, you know, it helps us prove the point. Like this is what we need to do. Um, and we set up policies to show because we have the, we have the data, you know, charts, the, the, the day of the pretty PowerPoint charts kind of gone. We really want like actual data stuff that's been analyzed said, yeah, there's, correlations, there's cross tabulations of this and it, hey, this is real stuff, right? The, the, the old days, we just, we got to move to the next. Um, and that helps. We, we know what we really need to do. It's not assumptions and, and general hype. Right. In other words. Yeah. yeah. And that a lot of people still, you know, and I, I bet a lot of people, especially in IT managers, public, private, but we're, are still like, well, they just, they want, they think they need this. Um, 
I mean, I, I know of a case where they bought 60 uh, virtual desktops because they thought that's what they needed, right? And those, those desktops are still in a shelf just collecting dust because they actually didn't need them and they didn't really have any use for them. But they just heard about virtual desktops and they just thought that's what they needed. They didn't have any data. They, didn't, they just felt. Um, <laughs> <laughs> feel felt found I'm not for that feel felt fail <laughs> uh, man this has been a, a great uh, absolutely this is probably this is, this is one of my favorite shows I'll be honest with you um, what's if you had one message to deliver out there to the community of, of data wolves uh, what would that be well, it would be that, you know, really the people that are working in data, um, I mean, that's the future. And if you're not working in data, you should check it out because there's so much amazing stuff people are doing in this, in the realm. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're solving real world problems. It's not just like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm thinking about this. It's not just like, mm-hmm. you know, ideas. This is actual, like using data to drive to better our communities and figure out what we actually need, um, which in the end saves us time, money, um, and work. You know, I don't, I, I, my, my goal, you know, going back to how people think IT is making them their lives harder. My goal is, is to make them easier. I, I hope they feel like they love coming into work because they hardly have to do anything because IT has made everything so easy for them. That's mm-hmm. my goal. So we, we we and 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 the community you know feels it so that's a, the dream yeah. it the dream it job you can uh create it you know don't just wait there i think <laughs> Um, well, honestly, man, it, uh, you're an inspiration for all the IT directors out there that are drudgingly going to work and being asked to fix the, uh, uh someone told me one time they, they, they're asked to fix like the hand dryer, which is that, which is fine. It's, um, <laughs> I mean, it, it happens, right? Like in your case, like it might yeah. be, well, how many times did we fix the hand dryer and why? Um, but you know, no problem. So, uh, you're an inspiration, man. Uh, thank you so much for being on the show and well, have, thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah. It's been excellent. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you.